everything you need to know. As I prepared for the lecture, it occurred to me, I've written 56 columns for Stan's magazine, that when I think about it, I don't think I know 56 things, not important things. So I had to ask myself, what could I possibly have been talking about? Is there something that needs to be said or not? I mean, because if there is, now would be a good time for me to say it. So, I've combined the advice of everything I've said in the past into one kind of a unified field theory of advice, a, a one explanation explanation that explains almost everything. This is everything you need to know. Where did I put that? No amount of external validation will ever be sufficient. No amount of praise, no amount of likes or shares or thumbs up will make you feel secure. You will never be satisfied and you will never achieve your artistic goals if your primary focus is approval, fame, and money. Of course, we all want fame and money to come our way, but the quest for fame is the quest of a businessman. It's not the quest of an artist. If you ultimately depend on other people's opinion for an opinion of yourself and your work, you're not doing your job as a creator. When you constantly look outside for approval, you are relinquishing your authority. You're saying, those people know better than me. Have you met those people? You're giving up control of your aesthetic to a mob. Your aesthetic is your personal underlying artistic principles, your sense of all that is beautiful and ugly. It is your personal sense of wonder, all of which guide your work. If you ignore that part of you which is unique, if you ignore your uncovered intimate talents, then you bring nothing to the table. Oh, I can hear your silent cries. Mark, Mark, what can we do to stay on the path of artistic righteousness? Is there something I can buy? Is there a DVD that looks like a movie trailer but somehow will fulfill my desperate need to be like others? No! What a crass and commercial world we live in. Does everyone have to have a book or a DVD? Which, which reminds me, I have mine in the dealer's room. But that's not why I'm here. To pursue fame directly, fame for fame's sake, to rush towards the money almost always results in magicians copying other magicians. Copying is cost-effective. Businesses do it all the time. They call it best practices. But that is not our job. Now, don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong with being famous or getting zillions of hits on YouTube. And of course we all have to conduct business. But as an observation, if I may, can I say, we seem to have our priorities a little out of whack. We could use a little bit less desire for fame, less need for external gratification, and in general, less dishonesty and bullshit. And a lot more concern for the integrity of the art form and the need to create something new and wonderful. Your real worth is that you have something unique to bring to the table, and that's what audiences want to see. It's natural to, to 
become externally oriented because it's easier to follow signs of material success. But the actual performance of magic, the actual thing that we do, is an abstract experience. Entertainment takes place on the level of consciousness. You might ask yourself, is there some kind of quasi-spiritual greater-than-thou experience that dwarfs the significance of material things? And the answer is a resounding kind of there is. Experience I'm talking about is not let's make nice and pretend we all believe in something kind of spiritual experience. This is a subtle experience based on the actual experience you're already having, which I will explain in part with this riddle. If a magician performs a magic trick in the forest and there's no one there to see it, is he still eligible for the International Magic Awards? All right. Strictly speaking, if there is no audience, it's not a show. It's not a complete performance. It's a rehearsal or reality TV show. But to answer the question, yes, you are eligible for the best forest magician. So, what makes a live performance in front of an audience so special? You may not like this. In a word, group consciousness. Okay, two words. It's not like group consciousness is some hallucinogenic melting pot of dreamy visions. Oh, that it were. Group consciousness is your subtle sense of the audience as a whole, even while you are immersed in it. Let's dig into this for a moment. Imagine you're sitting in an empty theater. Even the crew is gone. They're at lunch. Easy to imagine. It's like a cathedral. It's vast and peaceful. When it's filled with people, we say things like, there's electricity in the air. That's not just psychobabble. That's a palpable change. There's a lot of biology going on here especially for the performer. Looking out into a sea of peering eyes and bright lights triggers some primordial reactions. Your heart rate goes up, your breathing increases, you produce more adrenaline in preparation for a fight or flight. Even though intellectually you know that no one is going to throw a spear at your chest, in most places you work, the natural reaction is the stress response. You can't just tell your medulla oblongata to chill. It takes time for your body to adjust, maybe even a very long time. Because you can't rehearse an onstage consciousness when you are not on stage. Onstage consciousness and offstage consciousness are two different states of consciousness, physically and mentally, and you can't really experience one state of consciousness while you are in another state of consciousness. That's why we often hear the refrain, but it went so well in rehearsal. Anyone who has ever taken a dramatic pause on stage or milked a quiet moment knows that in a moment of silence, the electricity in the room becomes more apparent. Everyone becomes more aware of the group consciousness. There's a momentary sense of group self-awareness and moments of group astonishment or group laughter or group anything are the highlights of any performance. That's what matters. And in those moments, you are the guide. You are the leader. The audience wants someone to lead them to the brink of joy. They don't need to see the vice president of self-promotion. 
These moments are pure and deserve your profoundest appreciation. You don't have to be rich and you don't have to be smart to deliver great joy, but you have to know what you're looking for. I would hate to see so many miss out on their personal fulfillment just because they thought they needed to be famous. Consciousness matters. And to round out your knowledge of everything, you need to know a quick, sure tip on how to make a million dollars on your own custom magic theater. Start with two million. And that's pretty much everything you need to know as far as I'm concerned. Thank you.